I screwed up big time. I can't believe I just said that. What the hell is wrong with me? I froze in my tracks as I looked up at him waiting for his reaction. I had been chatting with this guy for weeks and our personalities and conversation had flowed so instinctively in sync that I was just sure that we would have hit it off on this, our first date. But now, now that we're sitting here at this first date, uh, I just potentially fucked it all up. As I peered at him from across the busy restaurant table and waited for the worst, I realized that our amazing three-week-long fairy tale text messaging affair was likely coming to an unprecedented end. But he? He was just as stiff-looking and in shock as I was. And I just knew in that moment, as he said nothing, that it was all over. So, are you bi? Did you adopt? Or did you used to be straight? What? My shocked demeanor abruptly transitioned to a look of disappointment. Gay people don't ask me those questions. Why did he just ask me those questions? These were the questions that for the last 13 years of my son's life that only came out of the mouths of straight people who didn't know any better. Sure, I had just accidentally blurted out the fact that I was dad, had a son. And by the way, why is it so hard to believe that I would bang vagina? That's it. Now I'm over this guy. No gay has ever questioned me in this way, and I will not tolerate it. If he doesn't call it off, then I will. Well, he's kind of hot, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll wait till we have sex first. As you might have guessed, I never saw or heard from this guy ever again. Yep, turns out that in the young and hot and sexy gay scene in San Francisco, when it comes to dating, Having a child is basically viewed as boner poison. Months later, after I had forgotten everything about this guy, it just so happened that I spotted him across the way while shopping in Union Square. And he was with a girl. And I'm not talking about like, hey girl. I'm talking about, hey girl. Like, they needed to get a room. That's how all over each other they were. I knew it. He was straight. He was asking me those straight guy questions because he was straight. But wait, why was, why was he on a date with me? And why did we flirt for three weeks? And why did he send me naughty pictures? And why? Wait, is he straight? Just for the record, this one goes down in the archives as one of my most confusing dating slash whatever interactions ever. What the actual fuck? Dear straight people, sit back. Relax, put your condom on, or pop your prep pill, because we have a show for you. Hey guys, this is My Gay Expose Podcast, where we talk about gay sex, gay dating, gay culture, gay love, gay stereotypes, gay relationships, that infamous gay walk of shame and anything else that might be considered, um, gay? I'm your host, Ronnie Washburn, a writer and blogger based out of San Francisco, California, and I'm here exposing my gay on My Gay Expose Podcast. Disclaimer. The views expressed on My Gay Exposé podcast are not necessarily the opinions or views of the gay community as a whole. These are simply the opinions, experiences, and stories told by host Ronnie Washburn. 
Furthermore, this podcast is explicit, straightforward, and not for the faint of heart. And no topic is taboo, except for religion and politics. While all stories are real, most characters' names are changed to protect their identity. Unless you're a close friend to Ronnie, in which, that's what you signed up for, bitch. Hey guys, welcome back to My Gay Exposé Podcast. This is episode number four, and I'm Ronnie Washburn. Dear straight people, we gays have something to say. And to be honest with you, I don't know why anyone hasn't told you any of the things you're about to hear yet, but it's high time you heard. And I don't want to hear any lip after you hear what it is that you need to hear. You should have already known all of this by now. On today's episode, we're going to go over some of the things that I've had to deal with growing up in the straight world from a little boy up into my early 20s. The things that I've had to do, the things that I've had to pretend to do, and the things that I should never have done in the straight world. And later, we're going to go over the 13 different things that straight people ask gay people that they should never, ever ask, ever fucking again. You hear me? Ever fucking again. And then we'll get into my new favorite segment, Gay Walk of Shame, where I reveal one of my straight-related gay walks of shame. That's right. I've slept with plenty of straight men. You'll hear about that as well. But before we get into all of that good stuff, let's jump in to last weeks. Well, the last few episodes, I guess, because this is a compilation of all of the episodes that you guys just continuously keep asking about. But we're going to go into re-exposés for this week. Re-exposés are where I explain with a little bit more clarity some of the things that you keep asking questions about. Some of them are annoying, some of them are legitimate, and some of them are things that I just like actually like rehear myself saying over and over again and think, oh dear God, I need to clarify that. So let's get into it. Re-expose. All right, guys, let's re-expose. This week, we're separating the difference between a gay in the life of Ronnie and gay walk of shame. Somebody wrote me like a huge paragraph in my DM and they asked for the difference. So here's the deal. I think I've gone over this in multiple episodes. And to be quite frank, this is probably the last time I'm going to touch on this. If you want to know more, You'll have to visit my website, RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com. It's the purple website. That is where a gay in the life of Ronnie lives. What is a gay in the life of Ronnie? It is a blog that I started, less on the explicitity, which I think I just made that word up there, explicit content, and more towards the LGBTQ plus community. Pretty sure I said that at least four times. Hopefully this one sinks in. Gay Walk of Shame was my sexually explicit blog that I locked down and is no longer viewable to the public, which is why I started my gay expose podcast to merge the two. And again, I repeat myself. This will be the last time I expose that particular topic. Hopefully everybody gets that and understands. Didn't think it was that difficult, but apparently it's a paragraph's worth of difficult. Somebody um, wrote me asking about drinking, questioning my 
my stereotype on San Franciscans drinking too much. Okay, look, and this person, they said that everyone drinks everywhere. I get that. I understand that, especially in quarantine. I think we've all been drinking just a little bit more than we normally do. But San Francisco, we don't just drink. We drink drink. Like, I don't remember how I got home or even how I had my keys or how I got up the stairs or got myself undressed and got into bed. That is San Francisco drinking. And that's just on a Tuesday. So hopefully that's just a little bit more clear as well. Uh, someone wrote me about filming myself for sex. Doesn't everyone film themselves having sex? I mean, I thought that was like as like a common thing. You guys don't film yourself having sex? I mean, I'm pretty sure the vast majority of amateur or gay porn that's floating out there is somebody filming themselves having sex. So don't be surprised if you find me one day. And if you do, get X out of that screen as quickly as you got in. I assure you. Because I'm probably wasted and probably being very sloppy. And please don't, if you do, find it. Make that an accurate depiction of what I do in the bedroom. I beg you. Someone else asked me about the... Okay, I got so many questions about the lawnmower in the opening story of last episode. Yes, there was an old, dirty, rusty, grass-stained, dingy lawnmower in the hot Hispanic no-name guy's apartment. Trust me, I was as shocked as you were. And to be quite frank, after I told the story, like a good month after the fact, I still didn't know why that was in there. One of my friends pointed out that he might be in like the landscaping business or something. The thing that was crazy to me was the fact that when I stepped out into the like super nice area, it was like, it was like city living style, like visuals. Like there was not a blade of grass anywhere. So it just seems super unusual. Just roll with my story, okay? Oh, and then my roommate. I got a lot of questions about the roommate's story. <sighs> yes, my roommate. Love him to pieces. He and I are very close friends. He's crazy. That boy puts the definition in drinking. Let me tell you. He and I have been through it together. But yes, he was kicked out of the bar and he's going to kill me for saying this, but this is actually not the only place in San Francisco that he's been 86'd from. Shh, don't tell him I told you. He's probably going to listen and get pissed. Unless he's drunk, which in that case, I think I'll be fine. And then the powerhouse. Everybody keeps asking about the powerhouse. Um, well, you can Google it, to be honest, but I'm not giving away any more information than that. You think I'm going to openly disclose to the public the nasty things that I've done in that place? You can figure it out for yourself if you ever visit once quarantine is over. Ugh, okay, and then uh, one thing I have to say with, and this is the end of my re-exposés for this week, but if I get one more person asking me a question about San Fran, okay, listen, we San Francisco people have this huge problem with anyone who says San Fran. And rest assured, if you're a San Franciscan, you do not ever say San Fran. That is a big no-no. And I would really appreciate it if you'd spell out San Francisco the way it was meant to be spelled out. And that's it for this week's re-exposés. And now, let's get to the good stuff. Re-Exposé. Dear straight people, I'm about to share with you all of the things that you've put me through. Some are good, some are bad, some are shameful. 
and some I just don't give a fuck about anymore. But let's start at the beginning. I was 10 years old, and I was watching, like, the Cosby Show or, so, bleh, show or some shit with my parents, the Cosby Show. Who watched... Ugh. Cosby show. You know, my parents were super overly strict religious Christian parents, which kind of segues into like what we're about to talk about in this segment. And I remember we had like a list of like legitimately like five shows that we were allowed to watch. My parents always had some kind of a problem with some show. Like there was a cartoon that we grew up on called Animaniacs, which I loved. But my parents told us that we could not watch that show because kids were disrespectful to adults. And if that gives you any depiction on how strict my parents were, I don't know what will. But back to the story. Okay, so I was 10 years old. We were watching The Cosby Show. I was eating popcorn, I think. But I'll never forget that moment because... As the commercials rolled by and I wasn't paying attention, suddenly that immaculate, beautiful male form that was Mark Wahlberg and that groundbreaking Calvin Klein underwear commercial. Oh, I masturbate to that shit to this day. Not gonna lie. If anybody's my childhood crush, that is it. He is what made me realize that I loved the male body. And it was just from that moment moving forward, I knew I was so gay. But the real sad part is that I knew that I was not supposed to be gay because of my parents and church long before I even knew what gay meant. That's right. Makes a lot of sense, right? Just like Christianity. Speaking of Christianity, um, another street activity that I participated in in junior high through high school was church choir. I don't know why my parents didn't know I was gay if I wanted to be in the church choir, but that's neither here nor there. But I was a good singer. And I remember we had this like little ensemble group that was supposed to be like the cool kids were in it like everybody with the the good voices like were in this little select elite group of singers that were far superior to all the other kids in the choir who wouldn't be in choir regardless of whether they sang well or not but these were the elite group of singers that showcased how amazing they were and I looked on them with envy until my junior year when I finally made it into the ensemble and I did everything in my power to belt out in song and pretend like I was straight because I was so fucking feminine that I was afraid that all the people sitting in their pews would be like, yep, that's the gay boy. I had to pretend through junior high and high school that I was straight because uh, you wouldn't know it by the content that I produce on my blogs and on this podcast, but I actually was kind of a mama's boy growing up and I didn't want to disappoint my parents. So even though I knew I was gay from like age 10, I didn't want them to know. I hid it. I pretended. I played a role. I tried so hard to pretend like I was straight that I mean, I wasn't like fooling anyone. I mean, have we met? Do you hear the sound of my voice? Definitely was not winning any drama awards for sure. But I played this role all the way through my late to early 20s because in my mind I knew that my parents expected me to get married to a nice girl preferably a Christian and produce them grandchildren well I did that but it wasn't like on purpose I continued to live my life after high school thinking that I still had to be straight 
all of my close friends were straight. I wasn't exposed to anything gay. I knew nothing about it. And there was always just something inside me that just felt like it didn't fit. Something was missing. Anyway, I I met this girl at one of the restaurants I worked at, and she seemed sweet at the time. And that's as far as I'll go with that. I can leave the rest to your imagination of how it ended. But two months into our beginning of our relationship, fake relationship, we had an oops moment, and she revealed to me that she was pregnant. I was going to have a baby. Well, definitely not disappointing my parents in this side of the story. (sighs) There it was. It was the nail in the coffin. I knew that I was gay and something wasn't right, but I was having a son. So there it was. I had to do exactly what my parents taught me. I had to raise my child with his mom. I mean, I remember when he was an infant, we worked opposite schedules. She worked days and I worked nights. And I'll never forget those moments while she would pull out of the driveway and I would instantly grab my phone and put on the first gay porn that I could find and jerk off. Moments after the tire left the curb of our driveway. Needless to say, we ended things shortly after my son's first birthday. And let's just say we got to know each other. And that's why it ended. I actually didn't come out until 2009. My son was born in 2007, so that's two more years. So officially, I didn't come out until 2009. And when I did come out, it was kind of an accident. Like I told all my like close friends, like I did them once, sat them down one by one. I was nervous, but I was actually getting a really good response. So it was quite like surprising because I was really scared. But Facebook ended up outing me to my parents. Good old Facebook. It was Gay Pride, San Francisco, 2009, and I was living in San- Sacramento. I had befriended a guy that had just been stationed here in the military from, I think he was from Maryland or something. But he was stationed in Sacramento. And I met him, I think, on Adam for Adam. Does anybody remember that? Adam for Adam. That was great, wasn't it? It was like grinder, but like underwater. But I met him on Adam for Adam. Um, and after we had sex a couple of times, I think we realized that we were just better off as friends. And so he introduced me to all of his gay army friends. And we were all in the closet together. Because this was back before Don't Ask, Don't Tell was lifted. I discovered all of my first gay moments with this group of guys. And we had a blast, at least in my mind, because it was all new to me. For the first time in my life, I finally felt like I could be who I really was. And I was living it up. Okay, so back to the Gay Pride San Francisco 2009. Uh, We decided to get a hotel room. I think there was like eight of us all together. And it was their first time to San Francisco. And it was my first time to like, I mean, it wasn't my first time to San Francisco. But it was my first time like doing something gay in San Francisco. And so I was super excited. We spent the whole weekend having a blast, circuit parties, bars, clubs, outdoor parties, drinking our faces off along the way. I had never seen anything like it. It was just like, it was just like heaven on earth to me. Drag queens and people in no clothes and people celebrating absolutely who they truly want to be. It was something so foreign to my strict Republican conservative ways. I was, I was loving it. But one of the guys in our group knew this girl who had lived there and she worked for 
Facebook. Now keep in mind, this is 2009. And this was the weekend that Facebook just so happened to release their new tagging feature. I know I might be showing my age right now, but that's okay. You remember when Facebook and Facebook Messenger were not separate and Facebook Messenger was like the inbox for your Facebook page? Yeah, it was then. And I remember coming home from that weekend and I was exhausted and I hopped into bed and I grabbed my phone and I was flipping through it. And I was just that girl that like hung out with us the whole week and she was just taking picture after picture after picture after picture. Pictures with rainbow lays, drag queens, me and some of the guys grabbing each other's asses, like typical gay pride things and suddenly I saw this huge influx of photos and I was just swiping through them and enjoying them but what I didn't know was that that girl had tagged me in every photo and my parents then saw me a gay pride and the rest is history Uh, they didn't take it well but we'll go into all of that later um So that was my life as a straight guy. And I'm doing that with like air quotations because I say straight guy because I was straight even though I totally wasn't. (sighs) Some of you may be asking why I said what I said in the opening story. Why was I so shocked that this guy that I was out on a date with was asking me if I was bi or if I adopted, or did I used to be straight? Because those are all the things that straight people have asked me over the years when they find out I have a kid or that I was with a girl or anything that would not be the prime definition of homosexuality that I am today. You know, it's it's crazy to come from a place like Sacramento where everything's so, like, one-sided and this is this and that is that and straight is straight and gay is gay and that's just the way it is. But here in San Francisco, it's so different. Everybody blends in. Yeah, we all have labels. And I know I've mentioned this before, but I'm so against those labels. Top, bottom, gay, straight, bi, whatever. I mean, I'm not against them if you identify with it, but I'm just against people thinking that you have to stay within that small, closed-minded barrier. And what I mean by that is I just love that the city is so open-minded to people's views and thoughts and experiences and experimentations and any and all, any and all, really, everything, do it all. Gay people can sleep with girls, doesn't mean they're straight. Gay people can have children. That doesn't mean they're straight. I'm holding my hand up, admitting it right now. And no, I didn't used to be straight. I used to pretend to be straight. For God's sake. So I'm going to go over a list of questions here that I feel straight people need to know that you no longer are allowed to ask us as gay people. And I believe very fervently that they only ask these things because they're trying to be cool with us, and that's cool. But pay attention. We don't like these questions. So educate yourself a little bit more and go out of your way just to be a cool person I'm hanging out with regardless of your sexual preference. Deal? Number one, have you always been gay? The fuck? Of course I've always fucking been gay. Have you always been straight? Have you always been a male? The fuck is this stupidest fucking question I've ever heard? What do you think that people just like transform like a fucking caterpillar into a, a butterfly? It's actually a really good analogy because caterpillar does kind of seem like a straight person and the butterfly is totally a flamboyant gay. But anyways, my point is, yes, I've always been gay. 
Number two, I've always wanted a gay best friend. <sighs> but, you know, this one's almost always done by that, like, white straight girl named Tiffany who has a trust fund and, like, has always had daddy bail her out of all of her DUIs. Get the fuck out of here. I've always wanted a gay best friend. Why? Why have you always wanted a gay best friend? Like, I don't mind being, like, I have, trust me, I have my fair share of fruit flies. I have, like, a handful of girls that I love to pieces. And the only reason why we get along is because I'm homosexual. And I'll admit it. But saying that phrase to someone, come on, people. Come on. We're not, like, taking that as a compliment, just to let you know. And then number three, this one's a good one. I hope you're not going to grab or look at my ass. Okay. First of all, I love this notion that all straight guys think that because I'm gay, automatically, by default, because you're male, I'm attracted to you and I want to have sex with you. That couldn't be farther from the truth. You know, and it's always the unattractive ones who think this too. It, it always seems to crack me up. The ones that like are all uh, like weird and think like, oh my God, he's going to hit on me. It's always like your girlfriend's boy, new boyfriend or something. <sighs> Get the fuck out of here. Number four. No wonder you're so hot. You're gay. Trust me, I have met plenty of hot straight men. This, like what, you think that I take care of myself just because I'm gay? I can't with this one either. It's just ridiculous. Did you think you were always going to be gay? Um, did you think that you were always going to be a college dropout? Or is the answer to your question. Are you the man or the woman in your relationship? Okay, this one really pisses me off. Look, there's no man and no woman in the relationship. My relationship actually right now is like a prime example of how not true this situation is. My boyfriend and I evenly flip fuck. He's not any less submissive than I am, and I'm not any more dominant than he is. Like, we're both pretty equal when it comes to submission and dominance and getting stuff done and any of the little things in our relationship. Like, one doesn't dominate the other and one doesn't submit to the other. I mean, we both have our moments of dominance and submission, but, like, there's not a guy and girl role. And by the way, fuck you for expecting that to still be a thing in 2020. <sighs> You're gay? Cool, maybe you know my cousin. <sighs> yeah, Jared, I know your cousin. Jared from Ohio. Yes, I know your cousin because he's the only other person in this world that's gay. And by the way, we all live in the same cage together. The fuck out of here just because you have a gay cousin. No, we don't all know each other. <sighs> this one's super fucking annoying. So do you like watching gay porn? Uh, do you like watching straight porn? Of course I like watching gay porn. I like dick. What the fuck porn do you think I'm going to watch? <sighs> These just get stupider and stupider as they get they go on. You know, like, and you, the sad part is, is straight people really do this. This is real. This is a thing. And I'm hoping and I'm praying that when you're listening to this, you can definitely at some point in your life relate to somebody saying these questions to you. Let's continue. 
there's a gay guy that I work with. You two would totally hit it off. And why is that? Because we're both gay? It's the stupidest fucking thing I ever heard. And to all these girls out there that keep saying this phrase, I love gay people. Well, to be quite frank, I'm not the biggest fan of straight people. I can take them in small doses, but... I I mean, I like straight people, but... If you're gonna throw that in my face continuously, I'm not gonna like you. And then... This one's my favorite, the one that I depicted in the opening story. So you have a son. Cool. So are you bi? Did you adopt? Did you used to be straight? (sighs) I'm not even going to go into that one. So do you give it or do you take it? I don't know, Paul, do you give it or do you take it too? Guessing your girlfriend shoves a big fat fucking dildo down your ass by the looks of you. Or maybe I should just do it to you. Then you can find out for yourself. And then you can answer that question for me. I just... There's just so many straight people out there who... Like, I get that you're trying. I get the efforts there. You're trying to, like, bond with me, and you know absolutely nothing about gay people. I understand that. I can't tell you how many of my best girlfriends, various boyfriends over the course of the last few years have tried to do, or tried to say any of these numerous questions to me, and it just never ceases to amaze me that they all say the exact same questions and it blows my mind but here is my hands down favorite one that I get asked and sometimes by straight friends who don't know any better and god bless them they try but they still ask so when you take a dick up your ass how do you know it's gonna be clean Ugh, that one hurts to answer. But fortunately for you, that will be covered in a later episode. And I'm actually already working on it. And it's entitled, The Bootyful Truth About Dirty Butt Sex. And I will disclose all of that information for you and more. And you're going to have to wait to get the answer to that question until that episode airs. So there you have it. Look, I know I've been slightly aggressive in this episode, but I just want to make something very clear. Gay people are tired of this. So what I would like for all of us to do, since we've been forced into the straight world for most of our lives, leading up into our 20s when most of us come out of the closet, we're educated on the ways of the straight person. So I think it's only fair that straight people educate themselves on the way of the gay person. And with that, let's head in to this week's Gay Walk of Shame story. This is My Gay Walk of Shame, here on My Gay Exposé Podcast. It all began as a fairy tale bliss, and I should have known that there was, without a doubt, some sort of a catch. I mean, it was too good to be true. Everything about him was perfect. Like, where did you come from? After dating a bunch of losers, like consecutively in a row, I was getting really frustrating with the San Francisco dating scene and thought maybe it was time to jump back into just fucking. Like random hookups were looking a little bit more enticing after 
a few dips into the dating pool. But then I met him. His name was Bobby, and he was gorgeous. He had that perfectly dark, olive-looking skin, hair that was like something out of the magazine of showcased on a gorgeous shirtless supermodel. He was the prettiest looking thing I had seen in months. Why he matched with me on Tinder, I don't know. In fact, he was so good looking, I thought for sure he was one of those like weird bot things that you encounter from time to time where they try to get you to like hook up with you or something, but then it's like some kind of like subscription website or something find singles in your area blah 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 are you over 21 yada 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 whatever one of those bullshit things but it wasn't this was a real guy i was intrigued we set up our first date and he was so gorgeous that i was so nervous i think he was like italian or something and he had that look the hot bodied perfection in itself was more than I could bear. There just had to be something wrong with him, for sure. Maybe he chewed with his mouth open. Maybe he snorted when he laughed. Maybe he pees sitting down on the toilet. Who knows? There's got to be something wrong with him. But there wasn't. As the weeks went on and we continued to see each other, I found myself so into him that, again, I kept telling myself, like, how is this even possible? This is way too good to be true. Maybe he's bad in bed. Maybe that's the catch. We hadn't had sex yet. And it had been at least two and a half weeks. And we'd seen each other at least six times within that time frame. So one day, we decided to meet up for drinks at the Blush Wine Bar here in the Castro. The night was going well, but as I started to get to know Bobby, I noticed one thing. As we got to know each other and talked and shared stories about one another, I noticed that I was doing all the talking. He didn't reveal anything about himself, and if he did, he revealed work. And I think he was like in real estate, or at least that's what he said. But it was all vague and nothing made sense. He didn't talk about people in his life. He didn't talk about family or friends or anything. It was, it was just work. I started to ask him questions. And he avoided answering. It was dodging them. I had a couple of glasses of wine, so I kind of was starting to feel a little irritated. What's this guy's deal? Ugh, he's withholding. That's it. That's why I'm so into him. Of course. You know how it is. You're always into the guys that are exactly the opposite of what you should be into. And that's why you're into them. At least that's how it works for me. And is the story of my life. A couple more dates, a couple more weeks, and I was starting to even notice in our text messaging thread that things were just super short. And sometimes I would text him and it would be a couple days before he'd get back to me. And sometimes I would text him and he would get back to me right away. There was no pattern. Don't you hate when you can't establish a pattern? Then I decided it was time. My best girlfriend, Dorinda, who you will get to know in future episodes, by the way, taught me well. Dorinda knows how to find absolutely anything about anyone on social media, and she showed me her ways. I had invested enough time into Bobby. It was time for me to go in and really find out what was going on here. And when I found his profiles, 
Ugh. You'll never believe what I found. First of all, I found several photos with a girl, which is fine. But maybe it's something like the opening story. It didn't seem like it was like, hey, girl. It seemed more like, hey, girl. Ugh. Was this guy straight? As I scrolled through all the photos, I couldn't make it out for sure. I could be a friend. It could be a coworker. It could be a sister. It could be anyone. Or it could be his girlfriend or his wife. And then I found the kids. Two kids. Young kids. But then it was like, okay, are they his nephews? Are they his kids? What's going on here? Before I text him asking, I figured I better do a little bit more investigative work. And that's when I found his Instagram. I almost wish I hadn't found his Instagram because that was basically the deal breaker. Not only did I see pictures of him on his Instagram with those kids and that same girl, but I also saw Bobby behind a pulpit. That's right. I found Bobby behind a church pulpit. Bobby was a pastor. So it was over, obviously. So naturally, I did the only thing I thought possible to do. We went on a date. I said nothing. I was going to see if I could get it out of him. But then, but then we went into the bedroom and then we had sex. And dear God, wasn't it not like top five best sex ever. Rocked my world. What the fuck? Probably because he was a pastor. Maybe in my mind I got off just a little bit more than I should have. And it's just that whole thing about it's because you're sleeping with somebody you shouldn't be. I think that's why. You know what I'm talking about. I know you do. But on that, my gay walk of shame home, I realized that I would never talk to Bobby again. First of all, whose house we were at, I don't know because there was nobody home and there were no family photos. So I don't know whose bed we had sex in and I don't even know whose house we had sex in. Who knows whose house that was. If it was his house, he was in real estate. Oh, fuck, he was in real estate. I literally just put that together. He probably, oh my God, it was probably a show house. But the lesson I learned from this, one of my most satisfying but yet troubling gay walks of shame was that it was high time for me to set my sights to the realization that no guy is perfect. Even when you think they are, you're still going to be doing that gay walk of shame and you're never going to talk to them again. Why? Welcome to San Francisco. And welcome to those open-minded, closeted, straight people that are almost always so good in bed. And that's it for this week's Gay Walk of Straight Shame. This week's Gay Walk of Shame sex scale from 1 to 10 is a solid 10. Yay! This is My Gay Walk of Shame here on My Gay Expose Podcast. So what did we learn today, boys and girls, gays and straights? From a 10-year-old little boy getting his 
very first boner to Mark Wahlberg in underwear, all the way to a closeted pastor in his underwear. No matter what we do in life, we as gay people are always going to have straight people in it. So we might as well embrace, enjoy, call out when call outs are due, sit back, put your condom on, and pop your prep pill because straight people aren't going anywhere. And with that, I'll see you next time. Here on My Gay Expose Podcast, I'm Ronnie Washburn. Have a great day. Hey guys, thanks again for joining me exposing my gay here on My Gay Expose Podcast. If you liked what I exposed on today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. If you're a Spotify user, just hit the follow button. My Gay Expose podcast is also available on Anchor, as well as most other podcast formats. Do you have any questions, comments, topics you want to hear about? Feel free to email me at mygayexpose at gmail.com. That's mygayexpose at gmail.com. And of course, follow me on Facebook and Twitter at mygayexpose and Instagram at exposingmygay. And for more on my work, as well as my blog, A Gay in the Life of Ronnie, please check out my website at www.ronniewashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I washburn.com. And join us next time for another salacious, messy, and relatable episode with me, Ronnie Washburn, exposing my gay here on My Gay Expose Podcast. See you next time.